Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Sobria Ritter, a certified personal trainer, behavior analyst, and mom of three living in the Bay Area, California. And today we have a wonderful guest, Andrea Perrone. Uh, she's a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach and CrossFit level one trainer, and also a mom of two who's about 16 months postpartum right now. So I really wanted to connect with Andrea about pregnancy uh, and athleticism, right? Getting your body sort of ready for physical activity again after you have a baby, right? And knowing what's the safe way to do it, what's the uh, appropriate way to do this. A lot of people are out there working with uh, moms during and after pregnancy. And the wonderful thing about Andrea is that she has the uh, credentials, right? And the education to do this really safely. And so Andrea, I'm super excited to have you on to kind of talk a little bit about what's What's the difference between working with just a, a mom who's maybe never had kids before or who's a decade, you know, post-pregnancy versus a mom during and immediately after? You know, what? why is this so important to work with somebody who really has the the credentials and the experience to, to do this well? Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on, Amber. It's so awesome to talk to you. Um well, there, there are a lot of facets to that question. So a lot of times we'll go to trainers who, or trainers will advertise themselves as people who are qualified to work with pregnant and postpartum people because they themselves are either pregnant or have had kids. But there's a big difference between being into fitness and having a kid versus actually having the qualifications to work with that population because there are so many considerations so a wide, wide spectrum of experience for everyone between pregnancy and postpartum, even yourself between pregnancies, right. you could have a wide right. spectrum of experience. There's no one size fits all. So you can't just go to someone who's had a kid but doesn't have the qualifications because they aren't equipped to give you the tools that you need to advance safely in exercise through your pregnancy and then return um, in a way that's conducive to healing, rehabilitation, rehabilitation and strength building when you're coming back. So it's really important to work with someone who understands everything that's going on and not just, right. well, it worked for me, so it'll work for you. Right, right. Where it's kind of anecdotal and they're just sort exactly. of picking from their own experience, right? You have the understanding of, yeah, my, you know, my pregnancy was challenging in this way, but other people had a different challenge and I'm still educated on that. I'm still ready to come with the solutions and the progressions or the regressions that are necessary to be able to, you know, move that person safely through their exercise program. Absolutely. You, and it's so, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say it's so important that you mention the progressions and regressions because mm -hmm. pregnancy, there's so many variables. And then especially postpartum, healing is not linear. You know, it's like a squiggly line all over the place. One day you might feel great and then the next day you can't get out of bed. And I'm not saying this to scare people. I'm just saying that it takes a long time, takes a lot of patience and a lot of work to get to a place where you feel comfortable and strong and capable in your body so you know don't get down on yourself if you do feel yourself having regressions it's totally normal and part of the process and we can definitely work through that right so talk a little bit about your journey you know um what was your athletic level what was your level of you know athleticism growing up is this always been something that you've done 
So I've been into working out probably in my since my teens, and I've always been into sports since I was a kid, basically, um, always. You know, I did have, like many of us do, I had body issues growing up, and I, you know, wasn't confident and didn't really have self-esteem as a result of the way I looked. Um, but I, once I started to lift weights and work out, I did start to feel more comfortable and confident in myself. And it was something that I just loved the feeling of doing and how it made me feel, you know, as a person. So I continued it through adulthood and you mentioned off the top that I am a CrossFit trainer. So I was super into CrossFit, especially before and during my first pregnancy, I was doing it probably like five times a week. And I was a trainer myself. Yeah, I was really, really into it. Um, And so I wanted to continue doing it when I got pregnant with my first. And I Mm -hmm. thought, okay, well, I'm a trainer. I know what I'm doing. I'll just scale back and I'll be fine. I can continue just doing the the things that I was doing. So during my pregnancy, I pretty much did that. You know, I thought I was scaling back, but... It wasn't until I was ready to return to exercise after I had the baby that I realized maybe I was doing a little bit too much or maybe I held on to certain movements or activities for longer than I should have and now I'm not Mm -hmm. feeling so great in my return. And I really felt like, sorry. For a second, what was the indication to you that you uh, had done too much, right? Like what what was happening that you were like, oh, I, I was going too hard? So I experienced a very common symptom. I started late in my pregnancy and then especially postpartum, I started experiencing incontinence, which is essentially Uh leaking. It could be of air, could be of urine, could even be of stool. Mine was really, I was like peeing every time I coughed or sneezed. And, you know, I was like, what, what's happening? Like, what did I do? But then I think back and I was like, well, I was doing double unders, which for anyone who doesn't know is when you, the rope passes under twice when you jump. Anyway, I was doing those until I was like six months pregnant, you know, have this baby and I'm like jumping. That's a lot of force and impact. And I thought, okay, that, you know, maybe my core and pelvic floor weren't really happy about that. And this is how it's manifesting. But Uh even more than that, I just felt when I started to exercise again, I just felt like I got hit by a bus. I felt like I wasn't, it wasn't like I was someone who had never worked out before and was stepping into the gym for the first time. I felt like I was in the negatives. Like I was starting even before that, like, like I felt like this was a foreign concept to me, exercise. Wow. So I was like, okay, maybe I did too much and now I'm really feeling the impact of it Mm -hmm. after I've had the baby and my body just went through labor and delivery, which in and of itself is, could be traumatic, right? On the body. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of showing back up thinking, all right, let's get back to it. Right. Right. I've been I've been conditioned my whole pregnancy. <laughs> yes. Right. But now we're gonna take that intensity and then we're gonna add to it hormonal changes. We're gonna add Absolutely. sleep deprived you're sleep deprived. You um I mean you have this like bomb to your life in the form of a child. And it's yes. funny as women that we're just like, Yeah, I'm just nothing's gonna change for me. I'm gonna be as right. high achieving, I'm gonna be as you know, athletic in the gym. I'm going to be, I'm basically going to be myself exactly as I was before kids, but now I'm just going to have a baby on my back. Like, right. that's all right. going to be different, right? 
Absolutely. And yeah, uh, that's not quite how it works. <laughs> no. And especially if you see, if you have friends who go before you and they, mm-hmm. you know, they wanted to do that or they did that and you're like, oh, well, you know, Sarah did it, so I should be able to right. do it. And we fall into right. the comparison of people around us. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was pregnant with my first, as I mentioned, I was crossfitting a lot and, you know, I identified as an athlete at that point so I really couldn't put my ego aside like I thought oh I can still do this look at me I can still do this but on top of that I was getting the validation from people in the gym saying whoa look at you you're amazing if you can do this I have no excuses you're a badass and that was really feeding the ego and I'm not gonna lie I loved hearing it I'm like yeah look at me I'm amazing I'm better than everyone. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And then I, in my late in my pregnancy, I would have people in the gym saying, so when do you think you're going to come back after you have the baby? Because, you know, so-and-so came back a week after she had the baby. And I was like, oh, wow. Well, um, I'm not sure. Like, I will see how I feel, but like, I'm hoping to come back soon. Like, little did I know. And also they're planting that seed of comparison. So it's it's just unhealthy to compare yourself to other people. Like you mentioned hormones and genetics. Like, sure, maybe, you know, Sarah did come back to the gym a week after, but she comes from a different family. She has different genes. Maybe her body, you know, I really don't think anyone is ready to come back to the gym a week postpartum, but I can't speak for other people. I know that I was definitely not ready and many people aren't ready. And we just have to lean into what our body needs versus what our ego wants sometimes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm actually learning this lesson right now because I broke a bone in my foot just stepping off the curb a few weeks ago. And um, I'm like, nothing's going to change for me because I'm in a bulk phase right now, right? I'm building muscle and I was especially trying to build muscle from the waist down So I'm like, uh, all right, I'm just going to, I'll just pivot. I will bulk my upper body, right, and work on pull-ups and kind of focus, you know, I'll just continue on. But then two weeks in, I'm like, wait a minute, I can do hip thrusts with the boot on. Wait a minute, I can do Romanian deadlifts with the boot on, right? I'm starting to like really push it. And my foot's been sore, like especially the last, like three days ago, right? I did a really hard lower body workout. And then that night my foot hurt and I thought, you know, this might be dumb, right? This might be <laughs> something that causes me a super delayed recovery, you know, that causes other complications that I would have would not have anticipated, right? And that I could have just allowed myself. It's so interesting how it's so hard to allow yourself the time to heal and, and knowing, cause I'm thinking I'm losing time. I'm losing time. I'm not, you know, my, I want to be moving towards my goals instead of thinking this is time well spent, like mm-hmm. this time, spending the time to really recover is the foundation for now building. Like you go slow now to go fast later, right? Is that 100%. the hardest sort of challenge? Like when you start working with moms, they probably come to you because they're like, I want to change my body, right? I just had this baby. Right. I'm done with this body and mm-hmm. I want to fix it. And you're thinking, wow, it's really early, you know? I, I mean, it's is it a hard sell to try to convince people to take the time to sort of build the foundation first? Oh, yeah, it, it definitely can be uh, because, yeah. as you said, people come in and they say like, all right, I'm done with my body not being mine anymore. I want right. to fit back into my jeans and yeah. I want to look how I did pre-baby. But yes. it's 
you know, you might never look how you looked pre-baby. And that's not a bad thing. Like, it's really not a bad thing. You you just need to embrace it, accept that your body changed. Like, you took 40-plus weeks sometimes to grow a human, and then you either birthed them or had them surgically removed. That's a big deal. And we can't yeah. act like it didn't happen. But we we want to, right? Because that's how we identify with ourselves. We're trying to hold on to that piece of ourselves. But our lives are changed and we need to change with it. And yeah. our bodies need to adapt, right? So right. I, you know, I totally understand that people have aesthetic goals and they want to feel comfortable in their bodies again. And I totally mm-hmm. support them. If I have clients who come in and they say, I want to lose weight, I say, okay, great, I'm gonna help you do that. However, what we need to do is take care of your body first. So Andrea, can you help bridge the gap between all the misinformation around pregnancy and postpartum fitness? Because I think that our listeners are, if they're feeling any of the way that I felt when I was pregnant, I felt almost paralyzed to make any decision because I was so scared. You know, you have one side of the fence where people are saying, you know, you need to be very careful. Don't do anything. You should only walk during pregnancy. You know, anything else can, you know, kill your baby, right? I mean, it feels like, oh my gosh, I can't, that's too risky, right? But then you have the other side that's like, just continue on with all the things that you were doing, no matter you know, how sort of um, intense they were, as long as you were doing them before, that's okay. You can safely continue. And, uh, you know, people are just sort of getting a lot of like a spectrum of advice, right? From, like you said, many people who aren't certified to be giving that kind of advice. So from a certified professional to all of our listeners out there, let's, we're going to just get the final truth here. What is the situation? What what are what's the biggest misinformation that people come to you with and can you clear it up for us? I just want to piggyback off what you said you're getting misinformation from people who aren't qualified and unfortunately a lot of times that also includes our healthcare practitioners, right. be it your doctor, your midwife and they're giving you well-intentioned advice like Mm -hmm. as you said uh, don't do anything or just go for walks or do what you've always done and I was in the do what you've always done camp same um so that's what I did and as we discussed uh it it was great yeah exactly um so it's not that they to cause harm to you or your baby or they're right. being overly cautious. It's just that they're not exercise experts. Right. They're experts in pregnancy. They're experts in baby development. They're experts yeah. in you um, get getting to a place where you need to be postpartum in terms of being able to function as a human, but they're not experts in getting you back to the CrossFit gym, back on the road to run, back into F45 or the gym to lift, like whatever your thing is. Mm-hmm. They're not experts in how to get you there. So just be wary of that. Right. Um, it is important to go to someone if you're not sure who's qualified, like a pelvic floor physiotherapist, a women's health physiotherapist. These mm-hmm. are people who are experts in the core and pelvic floor, which is the area that's being taxed the most in this season of life. So you can definitely talk to them. Right. Um, or find someone who is certified in pregnancy and postpartum training because there are a lot of different considerations as i said but Mm -hmm. some things that you can do on your own you can do a little self-check what i like to do is consider the can i versus should i spectrum Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. there are things that you 
can physically still do in pregnancy or even when you're returning postpartum. But if you find yourself like, oh, should I be doing this? Well, then there's your answer right there. It's probably not the best idea. So Mm -hmm. if you're someone who wants to do pull-ups in your pregnancy because you still can, Mm -hmm. okay. Um, But consider what toll it's taking on your body. You're adding a lot of pressure and tension on your core and pelvic floor, which, as I said, already has a lot of stuff going on there. It's growing a human in there. There's a lot of extra load. Mm -hmm. And that added pressure and tension could manifest in diastasis, which is a separation of the abs. It could result in pelvic organ prolapse, which is essentially when one of your pelvic organs, like the bladder, for example, mm-hmm. starts to descend and you might feel bulging or you might even feel like there's something trying to come out of your vagina. Mm-hmm. There's leaking like we talked about before and, and there's pain. Like all these things can manifest themselves in pregnancy and postpartum and it could be impacted by what you're doing in the gym. So these are right. just things to consider. Like if it's putting your body in a compromising position, probably something that you want to reduce and maybe even temporarily eliminate. I Mm -hmm. never want to tell people explicitly not to do something because, you know, ultimately it's everybody's body. It's their own choice. It's my Mm -hmm. job to just provide you the information, maybe challenge you as to why you want to still do this thing. You know, is it because it's your ego and you still want to prove to yourself that you can do it? Or is it because... I don't know what the other reason might be. That's something you'd have to reflect on internally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can just present also the impacts that it might have long-term. And once that information is um, laid before you, then you can make an empowered and informed choice what to do with your body. But it's really important to consider, you know, yes, it might feel good in the moment, but what mm-hmm. kind of lasting impact is it going to have or how might this affect me down the road? Especially if it's something that's really tied to your identity. So for example, runners, Mm -hmm. a lot of them, that's a big part of their identity. Like I'm a runner. That's how they would identify, right? Yes. So if you tell a runner not to run, Mm -hmm. they almost will rebel. Like, don't run. Like, this is what I do. Of course I'm going to run. What do you know? Right? Yes. But if you explain to them, well, maybe if you're going for a 5k when you're 28 weeks pregnant, you know, this, this, and this could happen down the road. And do you want to, when you're coming back postpartum, do you want to be in a position where you're having to deal with diastasis, leaking, prolapse, or Mm -hmm. do you want to be in a position where you can rehabilitate, rebuild strength and get back on the road. Right. And, and I just want to caveat that with saying, you know, just because you are mindful of how you exercise in pregnancy doesn't mean you're going to prevent those things from happening, Right. but you can mitigate their impact and Mm -hmm. then be able to manage them better postpartum. So I would just advise people, you know, I would just say to a runner, like, maybe we'll do this instead. We'll eliminate, we'll walk, we'll do single legged activity. So you Mm -hmm. can build that muscle memory of having the strength in that area so that when you're ready to return, you'll be able to do so, you know, as smoothly as possible. So there's a lot of things to consider. Um, I would also be weary of anyone specifically postpartum, even in pregnancy, telling you that they can prevent or heal Mm, something yes because these things are absolutes and i don't like to give absolutes because i can't guarantee you that i'm gonna 
be able to prevent something right pregnant like anything can happen in pregnancy mm-hmm. and postpartum like even if you had an amazing pregnancy who knows what happens during labor and delivery right right there's mm-hmm. so many variables so i would steer clear of anyone saying that they can prevent or heal anything because a lot of times also when it comes to healing it's not that you can't heal things but there are conditions for example prolapse where you cannot reverse prolapse Mm -hmm. so like if you have prolapse yeah there are different grades one two three four but you can't go from having a prolapse to not having a prolapse you can just lessen the symptoms so you Mm -hmm. might have a prolapse but you don't feel any symptoms of it and that's how it's managed for you right so if somebody says i can heal your prolapse or i can heal your diastasis yeah that that's not true. So just be weary of those things too. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that people are really marketing their program in a way that's going to be really catchy. Right. Mm -hmm. And if someone says doing this will be generally helpful to you and may help heal your prolapse, I'm like, Mm, right you know like the (laughs) the part of you that like wants not only the guarantee but like maybe a quick fix I can heal your prolapse in six weeks I'm like ooh, that's sounding really good there's a time frame Mm -hmm. there there's a guarantee right Right. um and and this usually reminds me 99% of the time when you talk to an expert and you ask them a question the answer is it depends or maybe Mm -hmm. maybe, possibly right the people who usually know their stuff are not really going to be speaking in absolutes like that, right? Mm-hmm. There's this understanding Absolutely. that I'm not going to overpromise. I'm going to underpromise, but I'm going to overdeliver, right? And I'm going to tell you, here's what I can do, and here are the possibilities of things that can happen. Right. But I am not going to, um, I'm not going to take your money from you with a guarantee that you know for sure this is the situation. When right. you're in working with a client, what what would be your most ideal case? Like if you if money was not an issue and time was not an issue, when would you say would be the best time for a client to start working with you and how long would you ideally love to work with them until you feel safe just like putting them back out into the world to continue on as normal? So in pregnancy, I would say, you know, as, as soon as they are comfortable sharing their pregnancy, because some people are, they find out and they want to tell everybody. And some people would rather wait until that first trimester is over. But I would Mm -hmm. say as soon as you're comfortable sharing that information, then it would be beneficial to start working with me or another coach who specializes in pregnancy and postpartum. That way Mm -hmm. you can start to learn and implement strategies throughout the pregnancy that you can also implement in postpartum. And Mm -hmm. as I said, you're, it's almost like you're doing damage control or we're Mm -hmm. doing what we like to call prehab so you're setting your body up for the return postpartum right so it's definitely beneficial to work with someone throughout your pregnancy you learn how to make adjustments you Mm -hmm. learn how to tweak your workouts and you learn how to listen to your body and what that means Mm -hmm. and then postpartum i would say as soon as you're comfortable, you know, a lot of us think that this six week timeline, like you go to your six week postpartum appointment, you get the generic, you're cleared from your practitioner and everyone mm-hmm. thinks that means, boom, you're ready to go back into your old way of life. Right. And that's just not the case. Yeah. And a lot of times you don't get a, you don't get context for that 
clearance. Right. So when somebody says that you're cleared, it typically means that you have healed sufficiently to return to the activities of everyday living. You can pick up your kid, right. you can bend over and do laundry, you know, carry groceries in your house, walk right. up and down your stairs, things like that. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're athletically cleared. It does mm. not mean that six weeks after baby, you could go run a 5k right? or you can go deadlift 200 pounds. But because here's, your the body... thing, here's the thing I will say about moms, those activities of mm-hmm. daily living, how much do you want to bet? They were already doing those a week postpartum or oh, less. 100%. Of course right? they were. Yes. Of course they, of course they were. <laughs> like nothing so, changed, yeah, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But there's this like false sense of security with that yes. six-week clearance yes. that you can just go and do whatever you want. But right. it really just means that that's your green light to go start reintroducing these things slowly. So, you know, I would say whenever you're comfortable, like, and you know, for some people that's earlier than others, maybe you feel comfortable at four weeks, maybe, you know, it's four months. There's no like, oh, you have to be ready at six weeks postpartum Mm -hmm. or like you've missed the boat. It's not like that. It's whenever you kind of feel settled into your new role, your new life, Mm -hmm. um, you're not in a diaper, (laughs) you know, you feel feel like confident in your activities of daily living, then I would say, you know, you know, worry about the rehabilitation and really the recovering, like really give your body that space to recover. And then consider how you want to return to exercise and it's tough because a lot sorry to cut you off but a lot of people are mentally ready because for a lot of us you know especially if you're type a or you identify as an athlete you know that's like your form of therapy yeah you it's barbell therapy as they call it right you go to the gym you're like oh i feel like myself this is what i needed and you your body craves it and you want to go back Mm-hmm. But if we go back before we're physically ready, we might end up doing more harm than good. And that right. progression of recovery ends up taking longer than it maybe otherwise would have. Yes, yes. It makes me really sad when I think about this, right? Because if you push yourself, it's it's such an unfair ask, right? That we that we put on ourselves, like continue on as normal, no matter what. And I'm I'm thinking about how many women go back so quickly to pretty much normal life. And this includes sexual activity. I mean, let's even Mm -hmm. say that you, throughout your pregnancy, you push yourself too hard. You have a prolapse. You have incontinence, whatever. Now six weeks, there's a green light. Your partner's like, hey, it's six weeks. There's a green light, right? Like you, I mean, gosh, talk about the abuse to our bodies. It's just like, I know. I mean, this poor vagina is just a punching bag for all of our own ego needs. Maybe some of our partner's ego needs. Like, you know, the kids still need to be cared for. I mean, it just gosh, right? It's a lot that we're asking. It's a lot. It's a really, really hard balance too, because, you know, you, you need to honor your body first and mm-hmm. foremost, but, but you also need to be sensitive about your partner's needs. Yeah. Um, so you do need to have that conversation with your partner. And if you're lucky enough to have a supportive partner, then you just need to explain that, listen, my body has been inhabited by someone else for so long. Yeah. And now it really needs the time to recover. And it's already tough to do that because I'm being woken up in the middle of the night. You know, right. maybe you're nursing, your your baby still needs your body in that yeah. case. And even if you're not nursing, you're probably up multiple times a night. Even, you know, bottle feeding is difficult as well. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of demands on your body 
And it's not just like, oh, six weeks, you got the green light. Like you might not even have the desire. And, and, you know, many of us don't, we're just, we're depleted. Somebody, you know, I'm sure you've heard the term touched out and you might, you might not feel it necessarily at six weeks postpartum or you might, Mm -hmm. but it's just like this prolonged state of somebody constantly needing something Mm. from your body someone's Mm -hmm. you know you're you're holding a baby maybe you have another kid who's pulling your hair and then you know your husband expect or your partner expects that you attend to their physical needs as well and you just kind of think like when is my body going to be my own when am I going to have the autonomy to decide what I need for my body and and for myself. So it's a really difficult balance to strike, but I would advise having that conversation with your partner and and hopefully they understand, but it also helps, you know, if you're struggling to seek treatment, like talk to a therapist, that's what they're there for, especially you know, many people are susceptible to postpartum depression, and you might not even think you have it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of us think it's just baby blues, because it is an emotional roller coaster of highs and lows in those first few weeks and months. But if you're really feeling not like yourself or not well, then definitely, definitely reach out to someone because there is help and you don't have to feel that way. And you don't have to be alone in it either. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think what, I think what you're saying and what I would also assert is that, you know, you're saying when you're in that space, you're thinking, when does my, when do I get to have agency over my body again? When do I get to, you know, have a, have boundaries? And, and I would say now, right. And that's what you're saying Mm -hmm. is like having the conversation with your partner. Like I have agency over my body. Now there's some things that you can't you're breastfeeding your baby. You can't like set a boundary with your baby. I don't want to be touched for the next three hours. You know, they're hungry, but you can absolutely create some space for yourself. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, partner, I need you to be with the kids for a minute. I need to go lie in the dark closet and have a sensory deprivation, right? Or creating Mm -hmm. a boundary with your partner. Here's what I can give. So it requires sort of like going inside of yourself. What can I give without pulling from myself? Like what, what little bit of surplus do I have available that I am willing to give to my partner or my kids, but not dipping below that. And I can tell you for sure that for myself and probably for a lot of moms, I was dipping below and Mm -hmm. that creates resentment and, um, a little bit of anger, right? Like, why does everybody keep needing things for me? The, the reality of that is that I'm consenting to continue mm-hmm. to dip into my negative to give right. to other people instead of saying, I can cuddle with you for this long or I can be physically intimate in this way, right? right. That's not painful for me, you know, or right. I can whatever it is. Instead, trying to people please or trying to do it all or show up exactly as you did before, now mm-hmm. you're dipping in. You're dipping below. And can you do that in the short term? Absolutely. But what happens to you in the long term? when you continue to do that over time. Absolutely. And as you said, it just harbors a deep rooted resentment and anger, and then it's not good for anyone. So, you know, it's really hard for us, especially as women to relinquish control sometimes. And we want to please everybody. As you said, we're naturally people pleasers. But, uh, you know, and something that I really, really struggled with and still do, this is definitely a practice for me, is 
asking for help. Yes. And, and in postpartum, you know, it's a bit different in the pandemic. Maybe we don't necessarily have the village that it does take yes. um, available to us. So I do mm-hmm. understand that. I had my second during the pandemic as well. Mm. So I understand that moms are never alone, but feeling lonelier than ever. Right. Um, so that is definitely difficult. But if you are fortunate enough to have people close by, people willing to help, and especially if they're offering it, mm-hmm. take it, yes. take it. And it's yeah. not a sign of weakness. It doesn't mean that you couldn't do it or that you right. failed as a mom. Mm-hmm. It's giving yourself the space and the opportunity to regenerate and give yourself what you need so that you mm-hmm. can show up as your best for yourself and for your family. Absolutely. And I would think that tolerating the discomfort of things not being perfect is Mm -hmm. a part of that, right? Relinquishing control and accepting the way that my partner is going to take care of the kids is going to be that they're all going to watch the football game together or the kids are going to, you know, make a mess of the Tupperware drawer while, you know, he does this other (laughs) thing or, you know, like, Yes. Or, yes, or he's totally. going to feed them, you know, chili, canned chili burritos and a right. uh, soda. And I would have done like a little salad with pita bread. You know, I mean, yes. it's accepting that like, listen, if you want yes. help, you're going to have to accept help from people who, who, who are who they are and they're going mm-hmm. to come with their skills and their strengths and their weaknesses and being, and knowing that your kids are going to be okay. Like my kids are going to be okay if they don't have this perfect the way I would do it. Like my partner is going to bring bring strengths to the table and they're actually going to look forward. Yeah, Domino's and whatever. Yes, dad's in charge, right? Like that's going to actually be a special thing for them versus me thinking it's going to be, you know, it's going to end their lives and their health journey if, (laughs) you know, they don't have this perfect situation that I've created for them. So I think recognizing that kids are pretty resilient and like they're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And when you know that, you're like, all right, I can allow, right? Is this something Absolutely. that you struggled with? Or is this, oh did this come? Big yeah. time. Yes. Oh, yes. Because, no, no, definitely didn't come naturally to me. Something, as I said, I still struggle with because I'm someone who likes things done my way. And yeah. I know that my husband isn't going to do it my way. My mom right. isn't going to do it my way. Yeah. But you know what? They will survive as you said the kids is it worth me harboring so much resentment and anger because my kids didn't eat the salad that i would have prepared for them versus the doritos that my husband did no it's not worth it everyone's happier that way yes he gets to you know be be like fun dad not saying that you're not fun mom but he gets to build a bond with the kids in his own way and without you babysitting him or telling him how to do it like he gets to figure it out on his own which they which is special for him too right and you get the time and space to not have to worry about anyone else for a second and like be your own person which we all need especially as new moms you get so lost in being a mom sometimes that you kind of forget who you are yeah and it's really important to not let yourself get lost in the shuffle of your family yes you like you still exist and you still matter 
just as Absolutely. a person, right? And it's important for your kids to see you taking care of yourself yes. too. Yes. And doing things percent. for yourself too. Yeah. Because guess what? Kids are going to do, they're not going to do what you said. They're going to do what you did. Exactly. So even if they, you know, you tell your kids, you don't have to be perfect. It's okay. But then you're holding yourself to that standard. The message that they're getting is I have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Mom says I don't, but that's just a nice thing that parents say. I actually right. do, right? Because if she right. believed that, she'd be living that way. So like oh, watch what we're doing, right? Watch what, what we're modeling because that's what they're watching, unfortunately, right? That's oh, what yeah. they're paying attention to. So if you – what are your top sort of three things that you would, you know, say to women um, – Top three things that you want to clear up about like, you know, pregnancy, fitness, postpartum fitness that you want moms to know, you know, to take away from this. So in pregnancy, I would say, and even postpartum, I would say focus on, there's a saying coined by Brianna Battles, who is uh, big into pregnancy and postpartum athleticism. And she says intensity or intention now for intensity later. And basically what that means is what we have been speaking about, considering what you're doing now, how is it going to impact you down the road? And if you take slower, more mindful steps to set yourself up for success, you will be able to get back to doing those things that you want to do with fewer hurdles. Mm -hmm. So definitely intention now for intensity later. I would Mm -hmm. also say when you're coming back, um, into fitness postpartum, I would say focus above all on strength building mm-hmm. and function. So, mm-hmm. you know, strength building, if you build strength in your entire body, you're going to be more capable in everyday life. Your everyday life just gets easier. It just does. Right. Uh, so my thing that I like to say is train for real life, practice in the gym, what you would do in real life. So squat, mm-hmm hinge that's deadlifting you know you go to pick up your laundry basket all the time and carry you're carrying the grocery bags you're carrying your kids you're carrying their toys these are things that we do every day train Mm -hmm. for real life right so building strength building strength holistically throughout the whole body will automatically start to help you with any symptoms that you have so if Mm -hmm. you are dealing with prolapse diastasis pain incontinence you know the main common things that occur as a result of pregnancy and postpartum. Of course, it's good to isolate and work on those things. But as you strengthen the entire body, those things will start to dissipate or be managed Mm -hmm. in a way that works better for you. And when I say function, I mean, yes, doing the movements that are functional in your everyday life, but Mm -hmm. also getting to a place where your body works for you instead Mm -hmm. of you necessarily working for it. So you're not Mm -hmm. thinking, am I going to pee when I pick up this thing? Oh my gosh, I just coughed. Am I going to pee? Do I need to bring underwear with me? Oh Mm -hmm. no, I feel bulging every time I go down to, you know, pick up my kid off the ground. Like you want to get to a place where you're not constantly obsessing over your body. You just want it to be functional for you. Right. Right. Absolutely. So strength and function are definitely um, the the key things to focus on. And also, I just want to say that the long way, especially in postpartum recovery, is the best way. I know, as you said, we all want the sexy, quick fix, you know, six weeks to postpartum, but 
that's just not necessarily the way it works. Right. You have to, I liken it often to a major injury, like tearing your ACL. Yeah. So you tear your ACL, you probably need surgery. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to need to time where you just rest and recover and don't do anything. Right. Then you're going to have several weeks or months of rehabilitation. Then you're going to start adding some challenge, focusing on the function of that area of the body. And then you're going to start testing it, seeing how much load it can handle. And then once you're proficient in that, then you can start reintegrating into the things that you were doing before. So we need to take a similar approach when we're coming back from pregnancy. We can't just go, okay, had the baby, let's go back. No, you also need time to rehabilitate and recover Mm -hmm. and then rebuild strength and then reintegrate. So focus Mm -hmm. on, you know, it could take months, it could take years, honestly. And again, that's not to scare anyone. It's just saying that it's not, it's a long game. It's a long game, but it's for the best because if you set yourself up, then you're going to be in a position where you can play with your kids, keep up with your kids and not be obsessed with your body. And you're also going to be able to do the things athletically and physically that you want to so that when you're 65, you can go on that hike in the mountains if you want without having to worry about, well, I had a kid 30 years ago, so this is what I'm dealing with. Yes, absolutely. It doesn't have to be that way. I know. And you know what? I always, I literally need you to be in my ear because, you know, like I said with my broken foot, I'm like, I'm wanting to get back. But the thing to remember is when I'm 70, I want to be strength training, right? Right. I always want to be lifting weights. If I'm going to be doing this the next 40 years, I'm going to need to do it in a way where I'm just getting 1% better every day. I'm not trying to break any records here. Do you know what I'm saying? But like that is not sexy. And that is even hard for me as a fitness professional, a behavior analyst. I still don't like it. I don't, right? There's like this fussy, hard child part of you that's like, no, I want it now. I want this, right? I don't want to do that slow, boring, consistent thing. You know, it's just forever. Yes. So it's like constantly reminding yourself, this is for life. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to do exactly. this for life. This body is for life. You can't, you can't leave it. If you, yes. if you break it, if you hurt it, right? It's not like you can move into another one. This body is, it's it. The, it's the one. So, and like, it's like any so physical. Gentle. You exactly. It's so important. It's, it's your one body. You have to treat it with love and respect. As cliche as that sounds, it's right. true. Mm-hmm. If it's broken at thirty-five, well. Good luck to yes. you. Yes. It's going to be really difficult. It's so important to take care of yourself and set your health up so that you're able to live a long, healthy, active life. And mm-hmm. it's so hard, as you said, even as someone who's in the fitness industry, it's so difficult to check yourself. And I get yes. that. We're all human. And yeah. there's going to be times where you want to quit. Like, oh, this is so long. Oh, this is so boring. Oh, I'm doing mm-hmm. this thing again. But like any physical goal that you have, maybe you're someone who wants to squat 200 pounds. Well, you don't walk into the gym one day squatting your body weight. And then the next day you're squatting 200 pounds. It takes a long time. It takes setbacks. Sometimes you plateau, like these things happen. It's just a matter of reminding yourself, as you said, why do I want this? And just remind yourself of why you're doing it and use that as your North star. Right. Yes. And I do want to say that even as, uh, 
you and I are no different from anyone listening to this, right? Even as fitness professionals, there's this pressure like, well, women aren't going to come to me unless I can do this skill, right? Women are not mm-hmm. going to hire me. Women are not going to hire me unless I look this way. So right. we're still swimming in that water. We're still navigating that, learning how to say, no, actually, if I can model for my clients, hey, this is my body. I'm not shredded and I'm still really confident and capable and strong. And like, that's right. You don't, there's not a way that you have to look. There's not a way that you have to show up, right? We're still figuring that out, even as people who do this for a living. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, if you're struggling with this out there, you're in good company because so are we (laughs) and like everybody else, right? We, we're just all figuring it out together. Yes. We're all doing our best. We're doing our best. So can you talk, as we wrap up here, can you talk a little bit about your services and kind of the fun stuff that you have coming up and uh, also how people can find you? Yeah, of course. I'd love to. Thanks so much. So I have a one-on-one online coaching program. It's called the Bump and Beyond Fitness Blueprint. It's totally tailored to you and your goals and whatever you need. And it's designed to take you from pregnancy all the way through to recovery and postpartum. So I'll teach you how to adjust your fitness as your pregnancy progresses, and then how to return in a way that's conducive to healing and whatever your favorite type of fitness is when you're ready to do so postpartum. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where you're going to get the most high touch with me. I also have um, a program coming out very soon. It's called Renew. And it is an eight-week return to exercise postpartum program, and it takes you through what I like to call my four R's system. So that's recover, rehabilitate, rebuild strength, and then reintegrate into your favorite type of exercise. So you'll have Mm -hmm. two weeks in each of those phases. And it's just designed as an on-ramp to get you from the recovery portion and then slowly back into whatever it is that you like to do in your athletic endeavors. Awesome. And the best way you can reach me is on Instagram, at the momleet, but you can also email me at andrea at the momleet.com or find me at www.themomleet.com. Awesome. And I will link uh, how people can find you on the show notes. And then also I will tag you uh, on Instagram. When does your renew program start? Just it so starts people- on February 21st. Okay. Awesome. Oh my gosh, it's been so wonderful talking with you. It's so informative. I learned I learned things about myself um, and about the mistakes that were made <laughs> in the journey, right? I so wish that I had known you 13 years ago, right? So that you yes. could have really like supported me on that journey. Um, and I'm so excited for moms today to have such high quality coaching available, you know, with you so that they can do this in a way that they're not going to be worried about a unexpected joke that someone makes, right? Mm -hmm. Or a sneeze that came out of nowhere, right? They can sort of, you know, they have a better chance, right? Like it's not a guarantee, but you have a better chance if you do this in the right way with the right support. So thank you so much for being on today. And uh, I look forward to chatting again soon. Thank you so much. This has been great. Awesome. Bye. Bye.